What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. It is the end of the week episode. It's the first week since the restrictions have been lifted. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Singapore's opening up. Yes. And, uh, right, I mean, the, all the debates about vaccination, vaccinated versus unvaccinated people and differentiated me- measures. Uh, that's in the past, as we've already started to differentiate between the two. Uh. Have you had any... Well, you em- sound super excited. Uh. No, but have you had any experiences <laughs> of, 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 you know, seeing an angry, unvexed person, you know, demanding to be going to a restaurant and all? Actually, no. But my girlfriend did tell me uh, for some of the classes that she teaches, mm. uh, uh, I mean, in the fitness industry, some people are showing up unvaccinated, so mm. they have to be rejected. La. Oh, really? And then are they angry? Then, then uh, no, I mean, so far she said no because mm. the policies are clear. La. Okay. But I think for the for the teacher, it just, it's in a, it's just another thing that they, that people now have to do la, in roles like that that are very customer facing. Even if you mm. walk into uh, like today I had chicken rice for lunch yeah. uh, going into the shop also they asked can we see your vaccination status mm. I see I see yeah so it's part and parcel uh, now. yeah I see I you? see you? Uh, no, I just see a couple of angry Facebook posts from unvaccinated people on my news feed la. you know they're saying that this is you actively you actively friending all the uh, unvaccinated people is no, it no, just I'm, to see their posts I'm la? just fascinated by what goes on in their minds at this point in time, la, when you it's really you're really being surrounded and ring fenced right now, and then almost like mm. treated like Nas Daily in the Philippines, <laughs> in mm. that kind of feeling. So, yeah, what do you what do you do, la? Like, how do you how are you responding? And and you know, will it will it trigger some kind of backlash or whatever, la, You know, so so it's a uh, it's, it's just interesting to see what 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 day to day what they're thinking, la. Mm, yeah. I'm just waiting for like some event where someone's expecting like 500 people go there 50 people show up and they're like who the hell is unvaccinated yeah, exactly. and then boom something exactly. happens there yeah it's gonna be exciting something happens there but uh, anyway yeah. we still need to do a plug that we do every week right yeah but a different plug la. yes yes yeah and would you like to do the honors or would you want me to Um. no I think it's a good time to just talk about I, I'm not sure if, if if people if you all have seen the newspapers recently, but your your favorite uh, podcasters, Yellow Butt, were featured on the newspaper mm. twice last week. Uh, the Grand Old Newspaper, yeah. uh, the Straits Times, and uh, one of them was yeah. for uh, Life Exchange, which is an audible uh, narrative drama pilot, audible audio pilot, lah, right, so to speak, mm-hmm. that we put up about I guess about three four months ago. Something like that, maybe, yeah. maybe more. I think in April, yeah, in April, April, yeah, yeah, yeah April. April. So, um, yeah, it, it got finally got featured in the newspaper because, you know, it's awesome. Uh, but the the mm. other thing is that yeah, like, it's still out there. We want everyone to you know give it a chance, uh, give it a listen. And if you if you really if you liked it or it touched you in some way, do give it a nice good old rating or comment on Audible itself, because that will go a long way mm. towards determining whether our project gets picked up to be commissioned as a full series as well. Yeah, and I mean, the context when Terrence says we were featured on the newspaper, we were featured on the front fucking cover, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of the, the live section in Straight Times. Yeah. Uh, you recognize Haresh's face. My finally looked at me uh, with proud eyes. Yeah, you, yeah, because you were unmasked, but I was masked. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I was unmasked because I was play, I was a voice actor. Uh. 
No, no, just no, no. So, I think, just so people... No, I think it's about skin colour. I think it's about skin colour. They just don't oh, 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 hey, that's a bit early. We haven't, we haven't touched the first topic yet. They don't feature I have the one more thing to say. Oh, okay, I, okay, okay. I, I have one more thing to say to build on what you said earlier yeah. about life exchange being turned into a full series because mm. we it, we actually made it as part of a, of a call for pilot ideas by Audible. And Audible mm. is like a company owned by Amazon, so it's global. Yeah. And we were one of the finalists. We made it and depending on how many listens, how many comments and star five star ratings it gets, it could influence the decision. Like. So mm. so I'm not I'm not gonna politely ask you to leave a rating. If you listen to it, just leave a rating. Yeah. Um leave a comment and that would that would help us out a lot. The link is in the description. Yeah. Go crazy. Cool. Go crazy, man. Go crazy. I mean I mean in a good way, like cool. don't, don't yeah, if you got we we're talking go crazy in the in a non mental health way, like, as in have fun. You know, yeah. Just, just well, now everything need an asterisk. Uh. Everything need an asterisk with a footnote. Uh. Of course. Everything. What kind of world yeah. we, the world we live in today? Uh, you better asterisk everything. Uh. Asterisk everything. Yeah. Uh. That's the that's the new hashtag, asterisk, asterisk everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Which is especially relevant for our first topic. Uh. Yes. Which is... Yeah. Which is the, 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 the recent uh, kerfuffle... Uh, between Mediacorp and uh, journalist for BBC, mm. uh, whose name is Sharanjit Lail. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing the last name pro- correctly. Mm. Lail, Lyle, yes. L-E-Y-L. Yes. So, so I mean, you may or may not have seen some some discussions online, um, and it's also along Terence's favorite theme, like race. Mm. <laughs> right. Huh? The, the thing Terence loves to talk about. I love. Yeah, I love. I enjoyed the hundred meter you one. Love the it. Two hundred meter one. The four by hundred meter one, even the one in the water, I also enjoy talking about it. But this particular, I have no idea what you are talking about. The Olympics, I know what, what, Olympics what? race, huh? Oh fuck, la. dude, that was terrible, man. I think you've you've had a long week, is it? No, no, no. I just, oh I my just, god, I'm just trying to, cause I know you made a comment sarcastically, so I'm I'm just trying to play along. Hey, no lah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Olympics over already, bro. Okay, okay, carry on. Yes. Yeah. So so what what actually happened is um there's I guess I guess it's important to provide the full context la. Mm. Uh, uh and I I believe I have my tabs in, tab in proper order so call on the tab, tab master, master. <laughs> yeah so so there's this um uh journalist for BBC called Sh- uh, Sharanjit and over the last weekend there was a BBC kind of like audio report that mm. that was released mm. uh and it was kind of like a BBC global la. so it covers a whole bunch of things. Um, and on the episode, I mean, the title of the episode is The Price of Descent in Belarus, mm. uh, but it talks about Belarus, the happenings in Nigeria, the but also um, something about Singapore, la, because it was the time that we were gearing up to celebrate National Day. It was National mm. Day weekend in Singapore, la, yep, right? Yep. So uh, the journalist Sharanjit, uh, Le, I'll just say Sharanjit because uh, mm. I'm not so sure how to pronounce the last name. She talked about Singapore. She's act- She was actually born in Singapore. Mm. Um, she spent time um, uh, in, in Singapore during her family migrated during the 30s and then she moved to Washington in her teens because mm. uh, her dad was working for Mindef then she got a master's she earned a degree in journalism English literature and a master's in English literature and then she came back to Singapore um, in 1999 mm. so since then it seems like she's been spending time in Singapore and then around the region in Tokyo for her different role, jobs as a journalist and then now she's back in Singapore. Mm. So yeah. the segment on BBC, she talked about, uh, you know, the city-state of Singapore. She talked briefly about um, Singapore and then she also said that, you know, it's a multiracial country but 
mm. there are still multiracial tensions like, and she was giving a overall overview mm. and then at some point um she talked about how recently there's been more racial tensions like which is which is true mm. she talked about the Tan Boon Lee and Dave Prakash incident yep. and then she talked about her own experience uh in Singapore when she came back in 1999 uh which was around her feeling the the downsides of being a minority in a in a country where the ethnic majority was Chinese like. mm. but more specifically she referenced um, the fact that she couldn't get hired by Mediacorp uh, as a journalist despite her credentials. Yep. And she was not really sure why. And in the end, she took jobs uh, in other news outlets that were working with Mediacorp. And she went to Tokyo. She joined BBC. She became a very successful journalist. Mm. And then she mentioned in that same audio uh, report that she had a meal with the person who not run, now runs the newsroom at, at Mediacorp. She didn't mention names. And she talked about how he he mentioned that informally he said that uh he that people don't enjoy watching dark skin presenters la, in Singapore. Mm. Um and she she elaborated on that and then that's and then talked a bit more about it and then the report ended. Yeah. Um so then it moved on to the next topics and then there was some news in Singapore la, because MediaCorp responded um, and they clarified that that the person she's referring to is probably Mr. Walter Fernandez mm-hmm. and that the dinner, the meal that they met and discussed this was happened in 2018. Yep, yep. And they said with full confidence that he did not make any statement like that. Mm. And then people have been talking online. La. So so that is the context. And there have been, been a lot of articles covering MediaCorp's response, uh, a lot of chatter online about whether or not MediaCorp really hires on merit because that was their defense that they hire on merit. Yeah. And it's yeah. nothing to do with race. In yeah. fact, they say now 30% of their presenters are minorities. Mm. So that is the overall high-level context. Mm-hmm. But when we first when we first talked about talking about this topic, what was your initial reaction? And be honest, touch your heart. Mm, be honest. Uh. Uh, uh, be honest. I mean, I... I, I did I, I mean obviously like uh, I was inclined to believe that MediaCorp was the big bad villain in the room lah, because mm. uh, yeah lah, we've seen a lot of in, a lot of instances of of uh, you know intentional unintentional institutional racism in recent months or just institutional mm. carelessness when dealing with with uh, racial or cultural sensitivities. That as 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 that is probably putting it very lightly already, lah, right? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. So that was my initial reaction, lah, thinking that oh, this is, uh, this is probably what happened. But I mean, but my thoughts after as I as I read more, uh, maybe shifted a little bit, lah. But how about you? What was your initial reaction? Um, my initial reaction was like, uh, okay, so I was wondering what happened because mm. this is an individual against a big corporation and I love that shit. Mm. And I would I would normally just full-on support the underdog uh, and then find out more and then see whether my perspectives change. Mm. But uh, yeah, the more I read it, the more I think there are things about it on both sides that annoyed me mm, mm. um okay um i think the it did it did give me some food for thought mm. and sudir our good friend sudir yes. tv he actually had a interesting post mm. um talking about how even the stats that mediacorp quoted saying that they have 30% of their presenters are from minorities yep. 
yeah. uh, he clarified that yeah that thirty percent is for uh, presenters on MediaCorp, Surya, and Vasantam new shows as well. But mm. once you go down to English shows presented by a minority uh, by a darker skin minority, it mm. becomes like two or three percent Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, and then like he also pushed back against MediaCorp claiming they hire on merit because that's what they literally said mm-hmm. in their in their um thing mm. uh on our hiring policies and practices are based on merit having the relevant skill sets that the role requires yeah um then uh, but even then as much as i respect sudhir's writing you know i just felt like eh, given the, the how there have been issues in the past that we even have spoken about with the he says she says thing right mm-hmm. This whole thing kind of annoyed me quite a bit, lah. Mm, mm. Um, and I say annoyed because I am I'm annoyed at MediaCorp's response because I thought, okay, like they have to defend their hiring policies. I think yeah. nobody gets hired based on merit in Singapore, and I've said multiple times I think meritocracy in Singapore is only true to a certain extent, but nowhere close to what we are made to believe, lah. Mm-hmm. Um. But then when I heard her audio thing and I listened to the whole thing, mm. I also felt like, hey, you are recounting something that happened in the past, mm. yes. Mm-hmm. But you're also talking about your hiring experience back in 1999, mm. which was mm. fucking long ago. Yes. yes. Um, and the line that she quoted from uh, who we assume now is Walter Fernandez, uh, where he said, that people don't enjoy watching darker skin presenters. Mm. I mean, maybe his next sentence was, but we are trying to change that or something. Mm. I mean, I've heard mm. certain things about Walter Fernandez as well that are not the most pleasant, mm. not the most uh, distinguished. Yeah. But looking at this way, it's just one line that that we have to believe her wholeheartedly. And I guess another thing is also, she talked about darker skin, mm. but um, she's, she's not super dark skin, mm. right? Mm. She could she could pass off as a Eurasian. I don't know. So these sort of mm. thoughts were swirling around my head, lah. Mm, mm, mm. But 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 what, when you say your perspective changed, what was changing? Uh? uh no, I'm very glad that you. Uh, I mean, you, as you as you see, I ceded the floor for the minority to speak first, lah. You know. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and I wanted to do that also because I didn't want to be like I know you. I knew you would probably say something similar, and I didn't want to be accused of yeah. You know, I'm a minority who's fucking self self destructing uh, Indians and being an Indian hater yeah. and being one of those people who supposedly fight for minority rights, but is just yeah. internally doing more harm than good, like. Yeah. But yeah. No, no. Is 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 uh is, I'm I'm kind of glad like, that you're pointing out some of these things like, because. Um, I think everything that we're, we've been talking about, about the he says, she says, even down to my initial response to the whole thing, right, is to me, it feels like a huge case of confirmation bias, right? It feels mm. like everyone is out for Mediacorp's throat. Even my even my own initial response was out for Mediacorp's throat and wanted to assume the worst out of Mediacorp and everything, right? But yeah. like like you like that, the more I thought about it, the more I read about it. I and I I'll admit I didn't I didn't watch I didn't listen to the audio interview, like, but but I just read what was said and MediaCorp's response and, and what Sudhir wrote as well and, and even the comments that people were making to Sudhir and, and things like that. Like. Um and I felt that that there's a tad of confirmation bias there and, and even yeah, like you like that. I mean, f- fiddling around with the 
what is dark skin and what is not dark skin, like, right? This 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 spectrum of human skin color that is so that is so nebulous, like, right? Um mm. so yeah, I mean I just want to state up front. I think Taman should be Prime Minister if if in the ideal world. Uh, you know, I I think Singapore Singaporeans are more than ready for a Chinese uh, non-Chinese prime minister. I believe there is institutional racism, uh, in in Singapore, and and we are doing our best to try and identify it. Uh, I I I you know I believe Tan Bun Lee should be punished to the fullest extent that you know it was a almost a hate speech that he he said and stuff like that lah. And and I mm. I have I have uh, minority friends like Harish. You know, he was one of my best men at my wedding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I had this. Do you have, to have a picture yeah. of me on your wall or not? Like no, you know, no, President no, Arthur yeah. last time. Every time, just every morning, you're like, okay, I want minority friend oh, at least. Yeah. Yes, one. No, I'm putting it all out there. I put <laughs> laying all the cards out there because all the asterisks. You know what is going all to happen. You know what is going to happen when I say something. Then Reddit is going to go on fire and, and talk about my Chinese privilege again, la. My favorite, my favorite mm. p word, la. So. Uh, yeah, la, you know, and I really, 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 really like Sudhir's writing. Super, I think he's super smart, respect everything. Um, then, then I mean, I, I, I did read the same thing la, that you talked about that where he literally got the page of all the CNA presenters and, and, and you know, the, there were pictures of their faces. I think Kirsten Han helped to pull up the one that had pictures of their faces. And then they were like, yeah, you see how many of them are, are Malay or uh, Malay or Indian, the rest are Eurasian. And all that then it brought me back to the, I think, where you know like like there was I think Bertha Hansen or whatever it was who someone who mentioned before that yeah Eurasia is minority but but there are minorities and then there are minorities you know that kind of statement lah some some something like that that was mentioned during that whole process where Eurasians like uh are considered a uh, uh, minority but but they for some reason they are considered on the spectrum of power they are higher up than than the other minorities and stuff like that, you know? So, mm. it just brings me back to that whole thing that I to always tell you that I'm very uncomfortable about when the moment someone brings out the two, not, okay, the second P word that, that, that sort of triggers me besides privilege is power, like, right? Power. When you talk about power and then there's this imagined spectrum of power and then for some reason, straight away, if you're just by being Eurasian, you're boom, you're put on that spectrum of higher power than other minorities and you don't count towards a, a minority representation you know in in, in organizations stuff like that then then I'm like what I mean these goalposts are easy to shift like and, and to your point exactly is that the goalpost now is about how light skin your cut your your how light color your skin is like right and mm. for for you as a minority to to look at what what's her name Sh- Sh- Sharanjit right Sharanjit 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 and say that she is light skin, immediately that puts her higher on the spectrum of power already. All right, so why why is she complaining about this this comment about this alleged comment by Walter Fernandez lah? So yeah, and it's just an endless argument, right? You know, once we get into this this whole thing, and I don't like to bring up slippery slope thing, but this whole thing to me feels like a slippery slope thing. Like you say, it's a he say she say. And 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 it is is on something that is is very subjective also about the, like light skin versus dark skin and which minority is a real minority and which minority is a powerful minority and and that kind of thing. Then then we're just we're just like it's just um you're cherry picking what what kind of, what arguments you want to make against to to confirm your confirm your the the image that you have of MediaCorp as this uh as this terrible terrible racist organization lah, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. In some way, like like you, I also have to state some asterisks, lah. Mm. I think there's a lot of ways that MediaCorp have uh done things in the past that were horrible, lah. Mm. I mean, the brown face thing, mm. the black face thing, and I think as an organization, they can do a lot better mm-hmm. with regards to inclusive inclusivity, diversity, even the the type of content that's coming out. Mm. But at the same time, to me, this causes almost it it causes more problems than it solves i feel because this is a conversation that needs to be had but the way it's being had now mm. it's immediately polarized la and because she's saying stuff that um there might be some truth to that mm. like i really mm. don't think mediacorp does stuff on on merit i think the singapore government does not fully do stuff uh, as meritocratically as as they say mm. la as we are led to believe oh yeah yeah Wait, can i just and, quickly add la I don't even think yeah. I don't even think meritocracy as a concept is a sustainable, workable concept for a society to build, oh, no, to build yeah, its, its entire you, civilization on. Uh, now, first you don't like the word Chinese privilege. Now you don't like the word meritocracy, bro. I mean, meritocracy <laughs> to a certain point, <laughs> la, I think. But but it's like as, as as society, you know, as your country or society or civilization gets older, that 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 you know stuff gets entrenched because of meritocracy, like right. Uh, yeah, anyway, I mean, yeah. it 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 does like there there is a, a problem because let's say let's just say Walter Fernandez said something like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, is he not saying something different from what we hear politicians say about Singaporeans not being ready for Indian Prime Minister? It sounds similar, and it's fucked up if mm-hmm. he said that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, when the politicians say that, it's fucked up mm-hmm. because it immediately implies or assumes that the the minority or leader is yeah is not going to be well loved by the by the country lah. So if Warren mm. Fernandez said that, yeah, that's fucked up. But I just feel like if just a recollection of something that happened three years ago, no matter, I mean, in her words, because she also posted something on LinkedIn saying that I remember it because she was pushing back against Mediacorp's claims that he did not say it. Mm-hmm. So she said, and I quote, I remember it distinctly because I was astounded by how unapologetic he seemed when he made his comment about darker skin presenters. Mm. In a line like that, right, I think you can you could have punched two babies the day before, but you put a line like that online, you are going to have a bunch of supporters. Mm, mm. And it's weird because you look at the comments in, in on LinkedIn also, someone shared a picture of the CNA uh, journalist, like mm. some young people, some old people, and literally someone commented and like the founder or some bank or something, is this Mediacorp a serious news organization? These presenters come across as pretty-faced teenagers picked out from Orchard Road with whom I cannot possibly have a serious conversation on the issues of the day. Mm. Call it the hallowing out of Singapore. So this guy is making an assumption based on appearance. Mm. Isn't that what fucking racist people do? Mm, exactly. Yeah. So when I see this kind of shit, and why, why I guess it angers me even more is she was doing it I mean, she's moderated panels in Singapore before. She's mm. based in Singapore now. Mm. But when you put it on a BBC platform and you only show your... your I mean, is it even journalistic uh, standards to use your own personal experience has fact? Mm. I mean, it's, it an, feels, it's anecdotal evidence, if anything. I mean, it's anecdotal, but I feel like if you are... If you're on a platform that is global mm. you, and you're not even like... Uh, Having having a discussion or like I know conversations are always ideal and mm. not always uh, practical uh, yeah. But I just felt listening to that, um, as a minority in Singapore who yeah. who has faced discrimination and continues to face uh resistance at at at, at things and like yeah I do agree those problems are there. Mm. But she even started 
the one I think the one line that for me it turned was when in the audio thing she said had I been born Chinese mm. my life would have been uh, a lot easier mm, mm, she literally mm. said that mm. and then I'm like okay even if that's there's some element of truth there because you have the majority behind you mm. I just felt as a report uh is not is is it's too it's too personal and anecdotal for me and that's mm. why I feel conflicted because now I'm an Indian mm. going against another Indian yeah and don't forget How? And, and yeah and don't forget I'm a traitor <laughs> don't worry don't worry yeah as you know as as my minority friend I always have your back huh? I always have your back yeah, fuck you <laughs> but but the uh, <laughs> You've got UFC fight when yeah. I when I call you for help, you'll be sorry. I come two hours later again. <laughs> no, no, but the, again, going back to the he say she say, it's not. It's to me, it's a level even above he say she say. It's it was a, almost like a a job interview, right? Kind of. It's it's almost like yeah. hiring, like potentially hiring a person, right? Kind of thing. So, whenever that's the case, right? I I even even when someone quits an organization and I hear what they say about the organization and all that I always try to I, I know that there's always going to be emotion involved and, and you need and you, even if you hear both sides you will never really know the full extent of who, who is correct and who is wrong because in, in essence when when, a, when someone works for an organization they sort of enter a, a relationship right and stuff gets entangled yeah. and it's really like a relationship where it's very hard to disentangle everything of course there are some really there's some really fucked up organizations, but I'm just assuming that those that you don't get, you don't get, you know, um, where where it's you're just trying to do a good job, and then and then uh and, and a lot of and you know the usual shit comes out like bureaucracy and and things like that. But yeah, because it's a job interview kind of or hiring kind of situation, I do feel that uh, you need it will be subjective lah, and anyone who listens to it needs to needs to understand that it's not you can't just take the the person who was being interviewed's word for it, like that, that. That's what was said. Uh, and then the other I mean, thing also about um, you know what what like the Singapore politicians. I mean, basically, Hing Sui Kiet said Singaporeans not ready for a Chinese PM, right? I mean, I, I mm. really feel like what what he meant was ex- was exactly what Lawrence Wong articulated the last time he gave a speech about racism. Like, was was really that um, we? I mean, we are politicians. Our job is to read the ground and then make decisions based on what we know from the ground. And uh, on the ground, what it seems like is that the older generation is not ready for. Uh, they're not ready for to vote for a non-Chinese prime minister. Do I wish that was the case? No, of course I don't wish that's the case. I wish I I'll be so happy that one day Singapore has a has a non-Chinese prime minister. But because their job is is as a politician, they have to follow. They have to read the tea leaves and then make their decisions based on that, lah, right? So, mm. so once Lawrence Wong explains it like that, it just sounds much more uh, palatable, right? It, it is. It's not. It's not ideal, and he also wishes that it, it wasn't the case. But you know, the reality as a politician is just something that he has to do, lah. Like what you said, lah, Maybe if Walter Fernandez even said something like that, it might have been in the context of you know, I don't like this situation, but this is how it is, and we need to change it, and what, lah, right? He could have been, been, yeah. been mentioning it that way, like, and maybe it came across another way to her. Um But I'm not yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to gaslight her and say she she's not remembering everything correctly or that. But all I'm saying is everyone needs to take a uh, step back and just understand that it's a very subjective situation and, and probably very emotionally charged when you hear something that's offensive to you as well. So you can understand why 
why uh, people, Laharish and I, we're both minority, majority. As outsiders watching in, uh, this is how we feel about it. And we've worked with MediaCorp in some capacity as well, right? And uh, even yeah. and not just for English programs, but even the vernacular programming as well, and, and all that. And and uh, I mean, I I have not. No one has ever come up to us and said anything about the the how how light or dark your skin color is, lah. Whether to choose someone based on that, lah. As far as I as far as I know, lah. How about you? Yeah, lah. Because whenever they have to say that, they ask you to exit the room. Then they tell me, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm saying the the the. I mean, they it still might bleed down into some creative feedback that we get. Like, it mm. might not be explicit, mm. and uh, that's where I feel that MediaCorp definitely has issues with institutionalized discrimination and racism, mm. as do most big organizations in Singapore. And I know that's a blanket statement, mm. but I I do feel that 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 might be the case, mm. But at the same time, um, by by having discussions like around just that one or two points, I feel this is just causing causing more div- division, if anything. Like, because, mm. like, um, it's, I, I mean, apart from bringing this to light and, and getting people like us to talk about it that hopefully results in more discussions online, that, I guess, is a silver lining. Mm. But when it becomes, like, um, just an, an entire uh, st- a statement like that is taken as full, full truth, mm. um, that, to me, is scary, lah. Yeah. And I get how you're saying that if I were to say it's just what she remembered, that's 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 the definition of gaslighting, lah. Then mm. I cannot fuck online. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. But but you, I don't know, lah. But it's if okay, they're just isolating the CNA presenters. Then maybe that's a that's not a realm that we're we're super familiar with. But I mean, for, okay, let, given that we grew up with like nine eight seven and all these things. You know, you remember a lot. That one only you see skin, right? Yeah, but but I mean, <laughs> radio DJs all like Dikosh was a MediaCorp DJ, right? Divian Nair was a MediaCorp DJ, and then you no, know. No, because now now I think now I think you're going into the dangerous murky waters of trying to rationalize how MediaCorp they do have minority presenters. I feel mm. there is an issue if you look at at, at English programs. Mm. Yeah, like that. That it would be nice to have more darker skin uh, presenters just for diversi- diversity sake. Mm. They really, they seem like they have the gender diversity. That's great. Mm. But I do agree that for presenters, for English presenters across mm. CNA, all that, there seems to be a a lack of. Like, and to me, that is something that needs to be addressed mm. in some way or at least solved to a certain extent. Like, given mm. that race is, is at the center of so many things. So yeah. I think if you're trying to re- recall in your mind, your other minority presenters and all, then you're setting it yourself up for for bullseye, bro. Yeah. So so I want to ask you, who is uh, uh who is a Eurasian that is too fair to be considered uh to be considered for this job to be to be yeah to considered to be rejected for this job For example, what a, I I have no idea, man. How am I supposed to answer that? Is Bharti like Jagdish? Bharti Jagdish? I'm colorblind. Bharti Jagdish? Is she? No, no, that's that's a cop out. Bharti Jagdish, <laughs> come on. No, no, but for those of, those of, I meant that as a joke lah. Fuck. For those of you all listening, I legitimately am medically colorblind. Like I didn't mean it as like oh I'm colorblind I don't see race. Yeah. I meant that as a joke. So another asterisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah so but yeah so how do I determine whether someone do, is fair? Uh, you know is. Consider fair skin or something. Are you are you considered 
uh, light skin or fair, fairer amongst uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm colored. I'm colored dark. I'm considered dark skin, but on the spectrum of Indians, maybe light skin. On the so, spectrum, but Indians. this is where this yeah. this is where I don't think there's one size fits all. I mm. think, like you know, when you kind of like uh, uh, how you say uh, just just looking at some companies or some practices trying to tackle diversity or something, I, I, I wouldn't want to go down the path of, oh, visually, this guy looks more Indian than this Indian, mm. so we get the more Indian, so he's more diverse. Because then I think, then it becomes a fucking shit show. Mm. Um, I mean, like, let's say, let's say, okay, let's say even when we try to cast uh, a character for a Malay person, mm. I mean, I would like to think that we never have said, okay, this person looks more Malay than that person. As long yeah. as you're ethnically Malay, yeah. okay lah, then, then it's Malay lah. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. And even even but, but, accents and all that, you know, we to, to us is, the more important thing is being able to speak English lah, right? Yeah, speak English and, clearly I mean, that's and pronounce it clearly lah, yeah. That's another thing that I'm surprised no one is is asking. You know, if she's recounting her interview experience in 1999, mm. what else happened during the interview? Mm, 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 mm. Maybe, maybe I mean, I'm, I'm just saying there may be there may be have maybe if she just came back. I mean, so yeah, so I'm just saying that there's possibilities like, and if she's trying to recount her her own personal experience, that's where I feel like, wow, that's really just. Mm, a bit mm. too one-sided because yeah. for anyone who has been an interviewer or interviewee during an interview, mm. there are a lot of things that you find out about a person. La. So to just just attribute that you didn't get the job because of your skin color and all that, yeah. I'm like... Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay, but, but okay. so how do we solve this problem? Uh, I mean, in the US, it's very clear what it is, like affirmative action, la, right? So yeah. you just look at the racial makeup of all the presenters on on English on CNA in English, and uh, it has to at least at least reflect the racial makeup of Singapore, lah. Is that what we're going for? Like a quota kind of mm. thing? Lah? Is that what you want? <laughs> if it's so the CMIO for HDB is also CMIO for presenters. Correct, ah. correct, yeah. So I mean, okay, let's put the the whole skin thing aside because I think that one is really. Uh, I feel it's a bit of a toxic, slippery slope kind of of discussion, lah. You know, and and it's, yeah. it's, it's not. It's not. I don't think it's something that I, I feel is bad for the for the conversation. But but let's say let's say we really want to properly address this with the national broadcaster that uses taxpayer money to to do what it does. Uh, what do you suggest? Mm. You know. Wow. Um. I uh, the. Uh, I mean, I would say for for a start, like like let's say their response, mm. la, right? It just felt like um, their response was a very a. Hey, I I never do uh, I, I never do. He never say uh, mm. I never do. He never say. We always do this. We always do that. Mm. And it just felt like they like okay. So for example, you know the way Lawrence Wong during his speech yeah. said something. That many other politicians have tried to say about uh, not ready for Singaporean PM, but the way he said it mm. and the way he said a lot of other things in that speech, like was very a lot more palatable as as much as it was tough to swallow, mm. So first thing I think is to for for MediaCorp and any any institution who is inevitably going to face these kind of issues, it's just your comms, mm. like. Um because just from their response, then it annoyed me because it almost feels like they are not even acknowledging or not even showing 
any, any acknowledgement that okay like there could be more more diversity or like or like the facts they they put together also feels a bit uh cherry picking also yeah. because they talked about 30 percent of presenters but they didn't talk about presenters on english channel so yeah. it just felt like they were fighting fire with fire yeah and i wish that that the comms from the start itself uh is is more how you say uh, more palatable eh? and mm. i don't know how because I'm not a comms expert, uh, which is why we have this podcast because I don't think we will become radio DJs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have this podcast so we can talk the way we want to talk. Yeah. So for me, that's a start. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, then it goes into the whole discussion or debate between equality of outcome versus equality of opportunity, right? Mm. Equity. Eh? What's the term? Yeah, equity, social. So the difference is you never want to work towards the outcome of representation. You want to make sure the opportunity is almost colorblind. Yeah, but but in, in this case, I would argue that uh, along what you said, la, that we could do with more diversity. La. As in, as in yeah. this is not a situation where, where, oh, if we interview 70% Chinese and they interview 20% uh, Malay and, and 10% uh, Indians and others, then then we're we we're, we're solid. But we let's say we end up with like you know mostly Chinese, then that's okay because we gave enough opportunities. Because I feel that this one is a case where, uh, you I mean, being the being a yeah national broadcaster with you know with the responsibility to deliver the news to people, deliver important messages to people. It's important that it also comes from from people who look like us la, as Singaporeans. Mm. So and, and reflect who we are as Singaporeans also. La. So to a greater extent I actually do believe that they should put a quota. That means like have a racial quota for uh, on TV, on camera presenters. La. If it's off camera mm. or that I you know honestly who, you know who's really who's really counting that right? As long as mm. the opportunity is available for everyone and and maybe that's where equality of, of of opportunity is more important than the outcome. But this one, I feel because, yeah, literally it's um, familiarity breeds liking, right? You know, so you need to show more diverse faces on your, you know, your morning shows, your 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 evening show, your news shows. You know, most old people, the, the only TV they really watch is the news, right? Uh, mm. So you want them to be able to see, watch and see, oh, yeah, okay, this is... Uh, you know this this even this this presenter he's 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 a different race from me maybe but he's very good with with what he does and all that and you over time you just learn to accept well okay this just everyone just has the different quirks and if, if it, that's a leveler in terms of like making everyone see the races in Singapore as equal then that's that's powerful to me lah. Um, mm. So I do I would argue that as ugly as 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 negatively charged the word as it has become like affirmative action might be good for for a situation like this when we're talking about camera facing uh, talent and all uh. and then and then actually that yeah, yeah. on top of that no, maybe even for like yeah. the the Chinese or the Tamil Tamil uh, news and everything you should have at least one other race uh, you know who is reading the news in that language uh, right mm, that means that mm. means the Chinese news maybe even there's a I'm sure there's a uh, an Indian or Malay uh, or, or Eurasian person who can speak Chinese as well, if not better than some of these presenters also. They should also mm. be given some airtime as well, right? Actually, that is a good point because 
you know, you hear all the talk uh, generally in the tech industry or mm. finance industry about how they want more representation, right? Yeah. But all that happens not in the public exactly. eye. Mm. Well, for news, if you're a deliverer of info, then maybe someone like you wouldn't have to wait till you need to actually hear an Indian person talk. Yeah. But if there's an Indian person on the as a news presenter, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Exactly. Actually, that that is that is a good point. Mm. That is a good point. Um, and I mean, so that's where, I guess it's a. I don't know whether MediaCorp has maybe hired like a a a person like a diversity person or something to kind of give them a heads up because yeah. it seems like every year yeah. they're doing something or something is coming up yeah. that they don't know how to deal with a woke a woke rap uh, maybe a woke rap <laughs> they need someone to you no know, but then even yeah. even then the the woke rap also has a negative baggage because like what you said it this is an issue right mm. and it's almost like a rational issue that should be dealt with whereas the woke to me is like sometimes people like unnecessarily woke that one also I feel you don't need to deal with like, mm. but this is an issue of of diversity and inclusion that I think warrants like uh, some thought behind it. Mm. So I I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm going to try and reach out to Sharanjit and try and get her on the podcast, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that'll be, I think that'll be interesting. Because she's based in Singapore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's based in Singapore. Yeah. And maybe, maybe if we go in depth into her experience, it will come to light the, the, the real prejudices and discrimination that she faced mm. to give more context also. Because yeah. who knows, maybe she has a buttload of stuff that she couldn't say on the BBC News. Yeah. And maybe there's a lot more that she could she could come forward with. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. That's and then true. just force us all to be like, you know what? You're fucking right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a yeah, there's probably a lot that, then, that for that 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 she can tell us that we have to, we'll have to chew on. Uh. But uh, speaking yeah, of chewing we can on tell her, yo, we uh, okay, go on, go on, go on. Speaking yes. of chewing oh, yeah. on. Uh Let's take a bite out of our next our next topic as well, right? Oh, I can't believe I almost interrupted such a such a good segue. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And what is this <laughs> next topic that we want to talk about? This this next topic is uh the news that a Japanese softball player who recently won a goal at the Tokyo Olympics is gonna get her medal replaced because her hometown mayor uh bit into it during a photo photo taking session. La. Mm. And I mean, when I say bit into it, not like a not like a like a rabbit uh, a- animal or something. Mm-hmm. It's just that they were, she was back in her hometown, yeah. uh, in Nagoya, and she was posing with Takashi Kawamura, who is the mayor of of Nagoya yeah. of her hometown, and he, he kind of like they were joking around, and he she he asked her to put the medal around his neck, and then he did what a lot of athletes do when they receive the gold medal, which is to bite into it, yeah. and that has historical relevance because it was apparently a way to find out if the gold medal when it was solid gold was yeah. actually solid gold like, by biting into it. Correct, correct, yeah. Yeah, so now you see a lot of athletes do that when they win the award just because that that's almost like a tradition like, but it's the athletes biting their own medal. Yeah. So this guy bit the softballer's medal. He pulled down his mask, bit it and then passed it back to her. Like. <laughs> so then... People were like, hello, you're standing in front of a fucking board yeah. that is encouraging people to take care of your personal hygiene because COVID is still very much alive and here he is biting someone else's medal yeah. um, and passing it back to her. Yeah. Like. It, so, yeah, it was... Uh, if you watch the video, it's quite horrific. Uh. He pulls down his mask because obviously Japan is still in the thick of COVID. He pulls down his mask and just like... I think he puts like almost half the medal uh, into his mouth. Uh. 
not even sure if like he, yeah. he really took a bite or he just slobbered, you know, like his lips all over it or what. Like. There's a picture from the front where you can, it looks like his teeth are just in contact. Like, oh, probably okay. the lips and like something. I mean, it's it's he put it in his mouth. Yeah, like, he put yeah, it in his mouth. Yeah, it's, yeah kind of nasty. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, I guess in non-COVID times, it would just be like, oh, fuck, why you bite? Okay, let me wash it. But now with COVID um, and he's in a leadership position... Mm. And the video was, it almost felt like for anyone who's worked in a corporate uh, setting before, you know, like when there's somebody's birthday in your department and then the boss comes around and there's a very awkward banter where the boss makes a joke and everybody laughs. Yeah. This video was that, like, you know, after he bit it, everyone was like, ha, 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 laugh. And then the athlete also, but you could tell like, um, uh, okay, I don't know whether at that moment he's like, what the fuck did I just do? Oh my God, what the fuck did I just do? Because after that, he issued a public apology in yeah. very Japanese way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, I mean, uh, can't, can't blame him. I guess the the, the fact that, because uh, you see the athlete putting the medal over his neck and all, right? So probably it's like the one time in his life, you know, a chance to really like... Uh, interact with a, a real gold medal from the Olympics. Huh? and uh, But I mean, okay, he he also did some other faux pas. Oh, um, like he, he first of all asked her to put the medal around him mm. and then he also made oh, a joke so about he how asked, he, he like, asked for it. La. Yeah, oh, he I asked see, for see. it. Oh, that's a, that's a, and then, a I mean, that's based on a South China Morning Post article. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I assume uh, they are credible enough yeah. to not present some fake news and he also joked about how whether she can have a romantic relationship or not because given that she's an athlete mm. so it just looks like oh fuck don't be that kind of like awkward uncle doing all these uncle things yeah yeah and and it trended on Twitter in Japan la, with other athletes kind of saying first of all like it, there's COVID and then second of all this is the gold medal that she's probably worked her entire life for yeah. and you're you're kind of stealing a thunder, lah. You know. No, yeah, and, and I mean, I'd be pretty pissed off if like any if we win any certificate or award or something like that, and then someone else goes like just bite it, like that. Also, Chan Jun Singh, Chan Jun Singh just bites it. I don't care who it is, man. Like, just <laughs> keep your sliver, keep your sliver to yourself. La. But if if Sugar Daddy hang bite you, they are you okay, lah. You tell him, Uncle, okay, don't lah, don't bite my medal, lah. Yeah. With Chan Jun Singh, you're like, give me the fucking medal back. <laughs> Dep- no, 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 yeah, la, I guess, I guess so. Maybe yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's the the onus is on the the medal owner lah, right? To who who she he or she decides uh, is allowed to bite the the medal lah. But yeah, it's just yeah very nasty thing lah. And then just I mean I I know that I don't know, but like this Olympics also had a lot of these like little faux pas that the Olympic officials or officials were doing. Like I think the the chairperson of the Tokyo Olympics also said some very very sexist things as well, right? Oh yeah, that was at the start. Yeah, then he got he was asked to step down and all. But oh yeah, something about meetings and, and how how women make meetings very long and things like that. Yeah. But I mean, it just maybe like uh for the Tokyo officials and politicians, they're like, you know, I don't give a fuck what kind of backlash. The Olympics is over. Yeah. You know, we're finally it's it's out and about. Mm. Because I mean, in some way, to his credit or his team's credit, the apology came swiftly, mm. la, and he was quite uh quite remorseful about it. La. Yeah. And, but I imagine, and I guess that's part of their culture, lah. Yeah, right? but I can imagine the, the meeting they probably had after that, like, oh, just to tell him, hey, boss, <laughs> you know, like that was a Why bad. Fuck you, bite the medal. <laughs> <laughs> All the things to do. Why are you going to bite the medal? That's like that's like you talking to your kid, right? Don't put it in your mouth. Okay, don't. don't why you pick that? Up? Don't put it in your mouth. 
So maybe ahead of oh other meetings, God. you're telling boss, boss, anything you see that's shiny, yeah. don't put it in your mouth, okay? Don't put it in your mouth. Don't put it in your mouth. That'll be part of the briefings for politicians now, yeah, okay? Yeah. If there's a shiny thing that belongs to someone else, don't put it in your mouth. Yeah. Just don't. It's funny. Don't put it in your mouth. Would you Would you be very, very, uh, uh, what do you call it, pissed off if someone did that to a medal, that, uh, an important medal that you worked for and won? Uh, yeah. But I would have to... Because, yeah, I, w- I would be pissed off after I rationalize it. Mm, yeah. Because one half of me would be like, ah, fuck, la, just just, just um, wash it and all that. But uh, the other half would be like, hey, fuck, I worked my whole life for this. Yeah. Who the fuck? I mean, you, you, you can't just let anyone put your stuff in their mouth. Correct, mm, correct. I know that, that, that line can have many uh, different contexts. Uh, yeah. but, um, uh, but with regards to the gold medal... Yeah, I'm sure you will be pissed, lah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh, inappropriate, lah. Inappropriate. 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 Yeah, to say the least. But this this Takashi Kawamura guy, like he's he's known for cosplaying at the World Cosplay Event or something, yeah. Oh, okay. So he probably thinks uh, that he's quite a he's quite a cheeky bugger. Thought he can be funny and people think it's them funny and all that. Yeah, that's why it was like that kind of boss doing that kind of awkward boss boss joke that nobody finds funny and everybody still have to laugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the World Cosplay Summit. So he, he's been doing it for... I mean, last is 2016. Yeah. But I think that's that's something he's been doing. La. Yeah, but he just... Cheeky bugger. He needs to remember when he's, when he's... When he's in his official role not cosplaying. La, and he's a, when he's a mayor, la, basically. Yes, yeah. <laughs> remember, like if you're a mayor, if you're a politician, a position someone in a position of power don't put shiny things that belong to other people in your mouth yeah, keep your mask Just don't. keep your mask on for goodness sake yeah. keep your mask on yeah. Anyways, yes cool we go that on brings to us to our third segment yes one shoot comment and what is the your one, one shoot comment my one shoot comment is uh, something is a meme made by a long time redditor and contributor Big Sloth Boy yeah. which he posted 10 days ago, yeah. um, but I don't think either of us have spoken about it. Mm. Um, basically, he he made fun of something that we have spoken of before mm. where a random VP of marketing for a company in the US uh, on LinkedIn previously used our hiring picture from a few years ago, mm. which is just me and Terrence with the word hiring above for her own hiring and took full credit for finding such an amazing picture in the comments. Yeah. Um, so he just kind of like... Because we recently put another post out for for hiring. Uh, shout out to all those who responded and who uh thanks thanks for that. Um, we are still if you're still interested, just go to our Instagram and Reddit. Mm. You'll see the post for hiring there. Yep. But he kind of just made fun of of that and said like uh yeah, I saw you guys were hiring, but imagine if this happened again. Mm. Uh, where he took Maya Grossman's post and just put our new picture there, like. And yeah, I'm because I think when people Google, they might come across that picture because it's so awesome. Yeah. So if anybody sees that picture elsewhere being used by anyone else, please let us know and I would love to troll the poster in the comments. Mm, mm, mm. That's right. Um, yeah. My one short comment was uh, posted by the user username unit103. And initially mm. I saw it's just a photo of uh, two empty chairs in like what looks like a waiting room or conference room or something like that. Then I read, and then, and then the caption is, this is home truly. Sorry for not standing up at the bad angle. Then I realized, oh, you did this in response to what we're talking about. Next time you're when you yeah, go for man. your vaccination, you know, 
like put your hand on your heart and stand up and, and sing home, you know? Because it's the most patriotic <laughs> yeah, thing you can correct. do. But I mean, he just wanted to prove that he was, he or she took his vaccination and, 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 and was, and you know, was just taking a photo of himself sitting there. La. So it was, it's And I guess some pride, la, some pride about, about the whole organization of that thing. Because even yeah. in the picture, it looks fucking organized. You look yeah. at other countries, I think it's Malaysia, yeah. fucking stampedes and all happening. Yeah. No, yeah, even the two empty seats he has in his uh, photo, they're like perfectly aligned, you know, like straight like that. Like in a straight line. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's impressive, la, to say the least. But yeah, if 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 our podcast is encouraging you guys to also finally get your vaccinations, uh, I, I hope. I, I'm, I'm glad, la, I'm glad that, that this has brought that, that swell of pride to you as well. Yeah, and if there's one day where two yellow butters waiting to be released after the vaccination stand up, mm. put your hands on your heart and lock eyes, lama, please take a picture of that moment because it will fucking... Make mean the world to us. Yeah, uh. yeah, correct. That would be great. Cool. All right, now on to the final segment. One show thing of the past few days, yes. and what is yours, Terence? Uh, my one show thing actually is that uh, this year is the thirty fifth anniversary of the a movie that was released in nineteen eighty six that wasn't very well received in cinema. So it's but it became a cult classic over time, uh, and uh, now it's going to be re released in theaters. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to hit Singapore, lah, but but I'm I'm sure in the US, it's going to be in some theaters in some of the big cities. But hopefully, maybe one day when it opens up a bit more in Singapore, we'll get to see it. But this movie is Transformers, the movie. Do you remember that? Oh, the shit. The cartoon. The uh, yeah, yeah. 1986. Uh, yeah, so it's a animated classic um, that features, I mean, uh, surprise, surprise, Optimus Prime, uh, Megatron, Galvatron, and and Unicron, uh, you know that giant, the giant robot that that is also a planet, uh. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many classic moments from that, for the show because I watched it over and over again when I was a kid, and I'm sure a lot of other kids in Singapore also did. Uh, but apparently it was released really in the cinemas as a movie, uh, and maybe you know who knows, maybe there might be a chance for us to experience it in the cinemas ourselves for the first time as well and uh yeah it'd be mm. pretty awesome uh, like if we if you get to watch this in the in the cinemas oh that's cool yeah oh, what cool, is cool, your cool. one shook thing uh my one shook thing is a show that i recently started watching on amazon so i hope you, some of you listening have an amazon subscription mm. uh the show is called undone and mm. it's another animated show and terence and i uh, uh i mean uh like we i mean I'm trying to binge watch more animated shows and I assume you are too because mm. we're working on something that hopefully sees the light of day. Mm. But this show is is a is an adult animated uh show that is about this this uh, the lead character gets into a car crash and she gets stuck in the reality of a real world and almost like the the conscious dimension where she can talk to her father mm. and she uses the ability to find out how why her father got killed. And it's just such a fucking good show. It's kind of blowing my mind. I watched three episodes and they use rotoscoping, which is a technique in animation, which I believe it it, it is almost more close. It's like not, it doesn't look fully animated, mm. but it's also not fully like real live actors. It's somewhere in between. So it's okay. beautiful to watch. And I think the story is actually, uh yeah, it's very, very interesting. I think they use the anime animated world 
to great effect to tell the story. And the dad is Bob Odenkirk. So mm. they do have some... He, he's of better call Saul uh, fame. La. So they do have some star power. But I think it's great. And it's also created by the same guy who created Bojack and Tuka and Bertie. Oh, I see, I see. Or like exact produced Tuka and Bertie. His name is uh, Raphael Bob Waxberg. So yeah, I was surprised because I had not heard much people talk about it. And that's mm. one thing I noticed about Amazon shows. Mm. It doesn't get the same buzz as like Netflix or HBO shows, but they got some good shit there, man. Yeah, yeah. They they do, they do. But um yeah. We also yeah, we also don't get full access to every single show that's on Amazon. True, Prime, true. So that's that's one tricky thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Check that one out too. Cool. cool. Alright, all right. that's all for today. Yeah. And we will talk to y'all soon. <laughs>